better honey it on myself I've been all alone I never need nobody else I'm at a top floor sipping margaritas off the show wish I had some competition I do get the national recap at least for a minute okay. you were there for how long Gary like three days four days maybe I was there for three days the market was very smart I would say um people were really focused on premium cards at the right price there was a lot of trading less liquidity um but the good stuff was still moving it felt healthy um but the, you know much like the nft market and the hard market in the last two three weeks has softened even more and now i'm starting to see the cracks in the last 24 hours for example i was direct texted two separate deals, one in trading cards, one in NFTs that are the first panic offers I've had this year. So think about what's happened. We had real correction, real bear market, literally today, two separate people, separate things going on, significant, call it 20 to 40% off market comps Fire sale now, 300, 400, $500,000. So, you know, people are trying to get some liquid in. But the China news globally feels like they might be going through some sort of adjustment in the housing market. I, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, they've got that, what is it, the, the bounce cat, dead cat bounce? Like, I'm not great with like the financial. Is that a DJ? What's that, brother? Is that a DJ? No, no, no. That's, that's a, a financial term. Uh, dead cow bounce or let me Google it real yeah. quick. Is that right? Yeah, it's basically like um, I I had the same gut feeling that we're kind of like maybe there's a chance some of these like projects or whatever that saw a little bit of a rise could potentially be like there'll be another little bit of a wave down. Here it is. It just dead, feels that way. A dead cow bounce is a temporary yeah. recovery of asset prices from a prolonged decline or bear market that's followed by a continuation of the downtrend. So I nailed it. I, I feel like the last 30 days, there's been a little bit of like the stock market's definitely up and like Ethereum's yeah. up, right? Ethereum's up from 900 bucks to 2000 or 1900. But I don't know, I you know, and by the way, I have no idea. Like this is all guessing. I mean, the theory it was 1880 right now. It was that 2000 a couple of days ago? Like, you know, like just feels as though this might not be fully it. And so um, my observations was the national still had good spirits, but I saw inclinings that made me say, you know, wait a minute, people are definitely trying to be cautious. Trading. Yeah, I think a lot you, of people you trade, probably, you trade? Yeah. yeah, people like told themselves like I'm an idiot if I get the chance to get out of something like at a better price, I'm doing it. You know, so I've heard that from a lot of people anecdotally. So it's like Ethereum goes to 900 bucks or something. <laughs> what a thousand or 900 bucks a couple months ago. Uh, I think it was like Father's Day weekend. I, re I remember it was just a stone floor. It was like $920. So anyway, people are like, okay, if that goes up, I'm not going to get I won't be like a bag holder again who took zero profit or whatever. And I'm going to, you know, take a little bit of, of risk off the table. So I think that's potentially what you see a little bit with these, you know, it goes to 2000 and then people are like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, do the same thing again. Um, but yeah, impossible to time any of this stuff. I agree. Mm -hmm.
tons of people were saying the same like uh, uh i'm waiting for ethereum to go to 500 dollars to buy it and stuff like that too so there's always that narrative of like it goes down half or 80 percent and then people are now like i'll wait for it to go another 80 percent down and i think you could miss the moment as well pretty easily and so finding the right like judgment there i think can be tough like the only thing that's terrible judgment in my opinion is like assuming you know how to time the market because like almost definitely you don't i have no idea why anyone holds themselves to that standard of not mm -hmm. perfectly timing mm -hmm. all of their trades mm -hmm. it's impossible and if it, it wasn't like everyone would be billionaires it's totally impossible so i think it's more about judgment of just if you want to put money in the market maybe it's some kind of like 10 percent a month for 10 months or you know five percent a week for 20 weeks or something that feel like you're legging in but not you know taking a big position on when is the right time and much more just like a general sense that things are pretty soft right now and you know prices are pretty low right now um, and probably a lot of the things people are looking at buying now are things when they were three times the price or five times the price a few months ago they were like eager to buy you know <laughs> and now you're getting this it's 20 percent <coughs> and now it's like what what are you waiting for really in a way so I don't know. It's it's funny how that works, like peak FOMO at the top. And then there's like, no matter how cheap something is, it always needs to be cheaper at the bottom type of mentality. And so I guess that's what I'd say is like, yeah, get maybe if you're looking to have a little risk on just like leg in a chunk at a time, you know, keep it responsible, keep it smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and that's everything, stocks, that's NFTs, everything. whatever. Like, this is just like a philosophy across risk, like when you're taking risk to me. I think that's um, right. I mean, also problem. also betting with things that, you know, you can afford to lose. Yeah, that's the most important PSA. I um, I got a, so I went to the National for the first time. Yeah. Um, I was only there for a couple hours, but I thought, I thought it'd be interesting to tell you what I saw. Number one, Kalis, you obviously have to get there. I have no idea where it is next year. It's probably in a horrible spot. It's in uh, Chicago. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Great spot. And in Chicago, our sports book will be open in Wrigley. So that's perfect. Um, but it was actually pretty cool. I feel like everyone should check it out. If you like it brought, it's like a ton of nostalgia. I mm -hmm. walked by and like got really excited about seeing like Don Mattingly rookie cards, like mm -hmm. Griffey Jr. rookie cards, Wade Boggs rookies, like cards that like I loved yep. growing up. Um, a lot of like pendants, mini helmets, like fun collections. I bought a uh, I bought a OJ Simpson jersey that was marked down from ten bucks to five for Baker. Um, Is that true? Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> the guy, the guy said, "Let me take off that post-it." I said, "I'm buying it because of the post-it." The post-it literally said. OJ Simpson, 10 bucks slash five bucks. Um, it was cool. I think uh, I think it's interesting looking at the demographic there. Like Gary, I feel like it's everyone you think. I, I, I'm surprised it didn't feel like like sneaker con. I don't know if you guys have ever been to, I'm sure you uh -huh. have. Yep. Um, that feels much more like street culture, young, prof maybe younger, more professional, even yep. though the people are not. And the card, collector vibe felt very much like average age 53 that said i i was only there brother I, brother I, you can't imagine girl. you can't imagine no you're right ish because in 2017 when i went to cleveland there was not one person under 55 yeah 
I mean, to me, half the room is now sneaker culture, 20, 30 year olds. Um, but to your point, you recognize the establishment and the OGs that were the only people going to that conference yep. five years ago. Um, so now it's got 50% of that sneaker con crew, but it's a good call out. It was, was really cool. It was really cool from the standpoint of in a, in a down market, bear market, there was, there were, it was hyped and, and it makes me feel like the card things got an, an, a real, like that similar to daily, daily fantasy. Like it feels like it's so entrenched right now that it's, that it's not going to have the baseball strike in 94 that killed it or steroids era, like with the internet, social media breakers and sports culture where it's at, I feel like it's pegged itself to being a market for quite a while here. Again, similar to NFTs and it's happening in NFT land. This is maybe a good segue. 99% go to zero. Like it's still going to be about Jordan and Kobe and Brady and LeBron and Pele and Messi. And you know, I saw kids dropping 200K on Jordan Clarkson. That might be a problem. I saw, people spending a million dollars on Josh Allen. You know, listen, we all saw what Josh Allen did last year, but like. Should we do division prediction is, predictions again? Yes, I got smoked last year and yeah. I was proud of Kalish and I want to get smoked yeah, again. All right, should I run through it, Matty? Yeah, we got to do, and if you want, we could even do stuff like offensive player of the year, D player of the year, rookie of the year, coach. Yeah, I mean, this like, is the so we could even go a little deeper if we want. All right, so we're really, uh, we're really going there. Like, yeah, okay, we're really going. Ready? We're really going there. Real quick though, remind remind everybody what I think we did last year that was cool was Kalish goes first because he's the champ, so he gets to pick the AFC East champion. I have to pick a second one that's not that team, right? I can't pick that same team, right? Like that's how we did it. Then I no, go. You can pick the, the same North. team. Oh, we could, but you just got to go first. Yeah. To show your hand. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, ready? Yeah. Let's go. So, Well, set this up, Herm. You're doing a bad job. All right. So, AFC East. Um, do I, Do you want me to give away, give some win totals or odds or anything? You guys just pick it. Give the division odds. I feel like that's okay, the, great. the main All essence right. of it. Um, AFC East. Bills, minus 240. Finns, plus 475, Pats, plus 500, Jets, plus a million, a.k.a. 2,800. Just for fun, I'll take Dolphins because I think Bills are too obvious and we don't like obvious. So I'll go Dolphins overperform the nine-win total at least, if not win the division. So give me the five-to-one. Now, this is just if you're right, right? The odds aren't mm -hmm. factored in yet. Um, since I got my face smashed in in this competition last year and I need to even it up, I'll go Buffalo. Keep going. Great. North, Ravens plus 140, Bengals plus 170, Browns plus 380, Steelers plus 1,000. I'll go first here. I'm going to go Baltimore. I think it's one of those classic half a step backwards scenarios for the Bengals. Matthew? All right, then I'll get my I'll get some difference in there with the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals. By the way, I'm surprised the Browns only plus three eighty with their hapless kind of QB situation and everything. Good for them. That must be a good team, like under the hood. They are. Yeah. Um. All right, South. 
Colts minus 130. Titans plus 175. Jaguars plus 750. Texans plus 3,000. I'll go Titans. Um, I'll go Colts. Okay, Matt Gary, Ryan, really riding the favorites. Okay, AFC West. I, Gary, I, I Gary's trying to win. I literally, I literally picked Baltimore. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, AFC West: Chiefs plus one seventy-five, Chargers plus two twenty, Broncos plus two sixty, Raiders plus six fifty. I am going to go Chargers. It's a hell of a division, especially coming after the the AFC South, which is absolute dumpster fire. I think I'll yeah, take the Raiders, um, the Raiders would moonwalk to the title in that division. All right, I'm going Broncos. I'm going to stick with my Broncos. Are <laughs> yeah. going to alert? Nobody picked the Chiefs. All right, I'll take that one. The one pick I'll make against you guys. Okay. <laughs> NFC East, Eagles plus 140, Cowboys plus 160, Commanders plus 500, G-Men plus 800. I'll go first, the Giants. Yep, Gary? I went first last time. No, I think, didn't I pick the Chargers oh, yeah, first time? Yeah, you did. Matt? You one, right. one job. <laughs> All right, I'm going, I'm going to go commanders what i'm gonna go eagles horrible okay uh nfc north packers minus 175 vikings plus 250 lions plus a thousand bears plus 1500 i'm going to go vikings All right, I'll ride with the Vikings as well. Wow. Can't give up a free square. I, I was going there either way. Yeah, no, I get it. I like them a yeah. lot this year. We're fading, yeah, we're fading an 11-win total Green Bay team, so that's scary looking on paper. It Did is. you guys watch um, the speech that um, that in Hard Knocks on the Lions? Nope. You want to be puppies, stay on the porch? No? Sure didn't. I'm going to send it to you. It is epic. <clears throat> people know. People know. You know, people sure. listening know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, NFC South. Bucks, minus 250. Shocker. Gary's not picking that. Uh, Saints, plus 310. Panthers, plus 900. Falcons, plus 3,500. Hey, all right. I mean, I'll I'll go. Feel like I keep doing this. I'll go Saints. Just in case. What if they have a, a year? What if they have a great year? What if Brady's I just like, old? I feel now? like Kalish is like just letting Gary win this. I'm gonna go Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, shocker. God. Wow, Gary really needs to win this. Um. All right. NFC West. Rams plus one thirty. Niners plus one fifty. Cards plus four hundred. Seahawks, Gino, plus 2,000. Um, I'm going to go Rams. Yeah, I don't know where else to go with it, but Rams. Okay, Not I'm a continuing. Guy. 
All right, this is good so far. I feel like there's a lot of energy here, which is exciting. Okay, 2,800 for the Jets. Uh, all right, MVP odds. There's a lot here. So this so is like the tiebreaker. Like the MVP could be a good tiebreaker, I feel like. Yeah. Um, all right, MVP odds. Um, Allen is the most favored. And then it goes down to about plus 650. And it goes to Brady plus 850, Mahomes 900, Herbert 900, Rogers, Burrow, Wilson, Stafford, Prescott, Hertz, Murray, Jackson, whoever else you want to pick. Bunch of wideouts in there. Who comes in the player? Kind of an open. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. I feel like the voters always, they love them some Aaron Rodgers. How many times has he won? Hasn't he won like two or three MVPs? I'm going to go Russell Wilson. I love wow. that. All right. A strong transition to drops. Mm-hmm. ETH merge. What is that? We need an entire episode because it's so nerdy. Proof of work to proof of stake and all this. But punchline being Ethereum is going to a, a system that is dramatically better environmentally, which takes out a lot of the FUD from people that are uh, you know, passionate about that. And rightfully so, like, you know, I mean, it's so political. It's hard to know what the hell is real, but like, I can't imagine a human on earth is excited about the earth disappearing. Um, but, um, how much, but, but what everyone debates is what's hyperbole and what's not. Nonetheless, it's going to a different system that doesn't have to use supercomputers with the amount of electricity that it needs. It's a big switch over. Um, and there's a lot of debate of what it's going to mean. It also it also creates a scenario where supply and demand of Ethereum will switch, which makes a lot of people believe that there'll be more demand for ETH um, because there'll be less supply or need for the monies associated with keeping up the energy costs of these supercomputers. So there's a lot. I don't think this is the show. Or if we're going to do the show, we need to bring in three super nerds to really go nerdy with us over an hour. But the top line thing is better for the environment, which will get more people in, and two, uh, potentially changing the supply and demand curve to make ETH more valuable. We'll see, because there's still a lot of like vulnerabilities to that and holes and hypotheses and conspiracies that people have. And I'm genuinely excited to see what happens. But it's changing the way that you affirm on the ledger that this is a true transaction. The reason the blockchain is so amazing is Kalish can sell me a fake Michael Jordan rookie card. He can't sell me a fake V friend. Matt, anything to add there? What? Matt, anything to add? Yeah, I agree. It's like a, the technical aspect of it is a lot and something that nobody cares about. We want to bring on no, like some. Yeah. Kalish, nobody can sort of interrupt you, but like just as another thought, like nobody cares about the HTTP part of the internet. Yeah. And the reason I'm kind of like saying what I'm saying is like, look, there's unlimited great content right now on uh, on the internet. I actually have one right now that I can share with everybody. It was literally in my text chat. Ian Rogers said, this is a good, uh, whose account is it? Um, Ledger. Ledger put out a very good in-depth tweet just now, and you'll be able to find it if you search Ledger and merge. And so there's a ton of great content that I think people that are even more technically sound than Kalish and I. Kalish and I are consumerists who know what to do after the railroad track. Kalish and I know how to like make Amtrak. We're not overly passionate about building the best railroad path 
and which woods should we cut and what should the railroads be made of and how do you make railroad nails? Like that's the shovels and the picks. That's what the merge is about. It's important because it creates some really interesting variables, but it's not the, you've got to be into the technology uh, to love it or into the hypothesis of what's it going to mean for my money if ETH has less supply, more demand. Oh, wait, that might make it go up. Those are things nobody really knows. We're about to find out. All right, next. Aaron Judge, 62. So that's good for Yankee fans, good for baseball, gets a little juices going. The NBA, though, what a product. Hold on, Aaron Judge, there's a good question in here. If you guys, if you guys caught the ball, what would you do with it? I'd sell it. Would Only you hold because it for I bought a while, it. then sell it. I don't know. I mean, if I caught it, it would have a magnifier because it's me. If you caught it, it'd be two million. With me, it's four million, <laughs> and I need that four million oh, to sell. Oh, what? Hold on. You think if you catch it, it's more money? Yes. That is not true. That's a hundred percent true. Some random Which, redhead catches it versus Gary Vaynerchuk Kalish, catches it. It's if I extra... caught it, the ball would go for more money than if her. Yeah, it's called it. provenance, man. Of course. You ever heard of provenance? 100%. That would matter. 100%. There's not even a debate right. on this. And by the way, fuck me. I'm talking about anybody who has audience. Not about me. I'm just talking about anybody who has audience. If Logan Paul caught it, if Kalish caught it, it would be more than you, Herm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. All right, got it. So it's you got you would thing. sell it, Matt. All the articles would be like DraftKings co-founder or founding for media. They'd be like DraftKings founder catches Judge Ball. Like that just adds to the lore. If you caught it, they'd be like weird Jersey kid catches ball. Um, yeah, that's a really awkward situation. If it was specifically Aaron Judge, I would 100% keep it. Like one, I don't think it's fair, which I've said many times. I don't think it's fair that New York has two teams in every sport, and Boston only has one team in every sport. It's, well, because Boston's a pimple of the ass of New York. So for every like one, um, you know, every time we get like a Larry Bird, New York has two chances to, to find a Larry Bird because they're fishing well, from Boston, two teams. Boston, you guys should get two teams. Do it. Yeah. We we can't. Just We're so you know, I would rather have one team, for the record. Like I like I love that Gary and I are both Knicks fans. I don't love that. You could Gary argue you have my... three hockey teams too if you claim the Devils. I don't know if you're claiming the Devils as New York, but yeah, anyway, it's hard I was thinking it's like so I'm inherently like not impressed by Aaron Judge or Yankees at all. <laughs> love that. that being said, like if it was somebody that I I had more affinity towards like not a Yankee, I probably would give them the ball for the relationship. If it was like Jason Tatum or something, I'd be like, yo, here's your ball. Like, here you go. You're my favorite, you know? I love that. I respect No that. problem. So yeah, it's Very really just I would sell it and buy CryptoPunks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And this is no hate on it. Like, I actually think Aaron Judge come across like a super A-plus person. I don't like, By the way, you're also saying that because there's like a 63% chance he's at Red Sox next year. Yeah, yeah. No. We've heard that there is a chance of that. No, what? That is absurd. He's obviously, Yankees are obviously paying him and he's obviously staying. Yeah. There's so little interest. What happens if the Red like, Sox offer 60 million a year? That doesn't matter. There's no amount of money that, that doesn't get him to come back. That's a ludicrous. By the way, you're going to be without Saquon and Judge next year. I know Saquon's not coming back. I think we. I think he gets traded to the Bills this season. Why? You're three and one. You already fucked that up. Why? 
Right, he gets traded. The trade Bills. deadline, you're just, you're gonna be a 500 football team in the trade deadline. You're not gonna trade. You're gonna go for the playoffs. This head coach is trying to build a culture. You're not trading Saquon now. You blew it. All right, I'm gonna hit well, you. I, with I would argue it didn't blow, blow it. I love Saquon. No, no, but you blew the opportunity to trade him because you're not gonna be able to trade him now. You're yeah. not gonna do it. Go ahead, Kalish. Let's wrap this up. What do you got? You got something good? Parting words. Aaron Judge next team odds. This is from two weeks ago, so things oh, change. Mets three to one, Dodgers four to one, Red Sox five to one, Astros, Rangers, and Blue Jays are like seven to one. I think the Mets thing is going to happen. Oh, what about the Yankees? On the record, on the record, next team, next team. On the the record, on the record, I'm a hundred percent sure that he's going to be a Met because this owner is a psycho, alpha, competitive dude, and it's the ultimate move. And he wants to set the tone for the Mets franchise. They, now, actually, it's unfair. They could win the World Series this year. I know they're in the wild card. They could be out. In a, they could be out by the time this airs. But if they don't win the World Series, Aaron Judge is a Met. Clip it. Could use some clip it. Nice, Gary. Lakers look pretty rough right now, and getting a lot of scrutiny about their shooting, three-point shooting. Um, odds are slipping pretty horribly. They're like zero and three. Not a lot of optimism around the Lakers, so I've been kind of like tracking the yeah. Almost it seems like a downfall of the Lakers, which crazy. Like they still have all of these really tremendous players. We'll see if they can put that together. Do you think it's just coaching, Um, or people are just washed? Yeah, it's kind of like a weird. There's two people that I think work this way. It's Kevin Durant and LeBron, and they seem like the real coach is them, and the coach is the. You know, like Nash wasn't really yeah. – he didn't seem to have as much coaching presence as Durant. Durant seemed more like he was kind of organizing things. Yep. And I think the Lakers are in a bit of a similar situation. you got to figure LeBron, when he retires, is going to be in the game in some form, like GM or coach or something. He's going like, to own the Las Vegas team. Yeah, yeah. He could do whatever he wants. and uh, But he seemed to like calling the shots a bit, so – I don't know. Maybe this is his, uh, uh, I guess, learning on the job, how to transition from play to coach or something. But, yeah, it looks rough. And Westbrook's just getting trashed. Like, I can't turn on TV without Honestly, I'm, the I'm, Westbrook hate. I'm, yeah, I'm so disgusted by the Westbrook hate. I would argue the Westbrook hate is the prime example of the sheer lack of civility and and tear down culture that popular American culture has now become obsessed with. It is stunning to me how deep insecurity as a disease has to come into our society that people need to make it a sport to tear down Westbrook. I am watching deeply unhappy people channel their energy to try to make fun of this man who is one of the great professionals in what he does for a living has a very nice reputation as a citizen. And like, it's it's honestly, if, if you asked me in my 40 years obsession with popular American sports culture, if there's anything that I'm more disgusted with, I have a tough time finding it. People should be ashamed of themselves for yeah. enjoying jumping on this bandwagon. And it is, atrocious and like I intuitively feel awful about it. And I would argue 
that it's a preview. I believe that every athlete on in professional sports should be referencing it because if politics has shown you anything in the last 25 years in America, that Westbrook is not the enigma or the anomaly. It's the preview on how we are going to treat athletes who may be going through tough patches or transitions in their performance. It's disgusting. There are very yeah. few people who dislike Tom Brady from a fake ha-ha sports way than me. Reading Twitter on how everybody responded and the comments they had on the Tampa Bay game, as if any of the people that were leaving those comments have even remotely achieved the professional success. I mean, Jesus Christ, enough people. Yeah, I promise everybody, I follow, I'm sorry, I'm ranting. I'll let you jump in here, Kailash, but I just want to finish this last thing. The place I'm most challenged is my Jets fandom and Knicks fandom. It's the only place where I tear down. It's where I'm fully jealous of you, Kailash, and every single person that lives in Boston. And it's a terrible way to live life. Cool. It's like, it's so, you know, it's so mean. Herm, you agree with me. The Westbrook thing has bled into mean, not, not sports talking head genre. Yeah, it makes me like sad about just people. I yeah. also love Westbrook. Yeah, you got to look, it's his 15th season. It, it kind of reminds me of the James Harden playoff thing too. Like those two guys I feel like are exactly what you're talking about. It's whatever, 15th season. Never really missed a stretch of time. Never missed an entire season or really any meaningful chunk. Like huge, huge production. Even last year, like getting slammed 18 and a half points a game, 7.5 rebounds, 7.1 assists, 34 minutes a game. Like how many people are producing at that level? Like it's very, very few, you know, on the Celtics, we have a couple of people doing that, but you know, most teams, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good stat line. I mean, that's better than some people that like, um, say it's like, Tyrese Maxey or something on the Sixers. You're probably talking about that's his expectation for the season, and people are very hot on him this year, you know? So you have somebody like Westbrook. I feel like, I don't know. It's like just, just You want to trash somebody who, yeah, I don't know, yeah. averaged triple doubles multiple times in their career. It's kind of crazy. It's just, it's, it's back to this gang mentality of like, it's cool to make fun of Westbrook. I just want all the kids that are listening right now if you think it's cool to make fun of Westbrook, you're fucking losing, kid. Eat yeah. that shit, kid. From my fucking mouth to your face. You're a fucking loser. He's talking to you, 11-year-old. Yeah. I'm talking, Herm, I'm talking to fucking the popularization of lack of civility, and you can point to unlimited amounts of fucking politicians who should be ashamed of themselves, and parents who should be ashamed of them. We have absolutely lost civility in this country, and it fucking plays out in sports. I am flabbergasted at the Russell Westbrook stuff. It's fucking. I think it's bullshit. deeper than. I think it's. I think it's. Um, I don't think it's on purpose. I think this is just like what the culture is now. Like, I, I think if why, why do you out, Why do you think I'm taking a deep shit on yeah. youngsters like who I know think? If you think I'm popular and you like me, fuck you. If you like spending your time shitting on people to make them feel worse. Yeah. That's, not, that's yep. all I got to say. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'll keep it real fucking simple here on the show. Like, I'm I'm cutting no corners here. This is definitely my Jets tilt. 
plus timing, but here's where I'm at with you. Like, you think it's nice to do that? Like, you think that's good? You think you're any more successful or happy because you spend your time trouncing, you know, Russell Westbrook on Twitter or amongst your friends? Like, it's loser shit. It's one thing if you're a Clippers fan, it's a rivalry and you're talking a little shit. Like, that's like, like very lightweight. But like, people are like picking on his kids in the crowd and like fucking like, and this is where fucking people like, you know, these talking heads, what's his fucking name on Fox? He gets a real kick out of making fun of him. The LeBron hater too, what's his name? Skip. Oh, fuck. Thank you. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, these talking heads that get paid a lot of money on these shows, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, he can still kill you. Like, I mean, Russell will will have his games where he just like wins the game. I'll it's take like, him on the, the, the It's the beyond Celtics. that. Paul George, I'm sorry to interrupt. Paul George is struggling like the last three years against expectations, right? Julius Randle had a tough season last year in New York. There was plenty of feelings. I'm a big Knicks fan. I got feelings. My friends have feelings. The Russell Westbrook thing's on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. I th- it's, it's not more nice. than even Harden. I agree. Those two got it pretty rough. Yeah, because Harden was a little bit funny, more like early Jordan ball hog. But then like people would also say, but like Harden's cool. He goes out and goes to the clubs and like, like you give him love. Like there's a deranged energy behind the Westbrook hate. Yeah, it's very strange. You you also agree that it feels a little different on Westbrook than than other stuff. You're a man of yeah, but I think I think it's just I think it makes makes me sad about just society. I think people don't. I think this comment, like what you two are saying, I think makes people think about what they're actually doing. I think it's just like this is well, that's why I'm doing it now because because I think we are going to be on this show in six years and be like, remember when the hate on Russell Westbrook seemed crazy? Now that's like average because I think it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Let's actually talk about important things. Back to drops. How much do you eat during Thanksgiving? Um, <laughs> I eat like a, I would say normal. I snack basically the whole day. You know what I decided? I think I'm going to get, I think I'm going to need a year from right now until next November. No, actually, your birthday next year, November 14th next year. Yes. I'm just going to start sending you daily selfies. What? And we can make it. How much do you weigh right now? 220. And what are you predicting right here on the show that you will weigh on November 14th, 2023? 191. I love it. I'm proud of you. I, I think you can do it. Now, now, Kalish, is that something we can get on DraftKings as like a prop bet? <laughs> Just Herm's bod? Yeah, Herm's bod. I would say the problem with losing, with losing weight in general is when you lose weight, then you get, get kind of like, have a big head. So you kind of look like a bobble. It's like a, you got to work on the whole bot as one. Oh, I thought you were talking theoretically, like more like you have a big head, like ego, not like actual physical. Okay. I think there's a decent shot on the, on November 15th. There's a fight. I'm ready. I want. Yeah, I think what we could bad. do, I was thinking about this. We can definitely do a free to play pool about Herm's weight loss challenge and just come up with like, Okay. What's his waist size? Oh, I hate this idea. What's How the hell did this happen? Mile, one mile time. You know, we could I, come up with a bunch of questions. I have a better. I have a better idea. I'd like to do. I would like to do a Mike me versus you, best Mike. athlete competition. I'm in. I, there's nothing you can beat me in. I love that. We should just do that and set it up. Speaking of not being able to beat, let's talk to UFC. 
Israel. Great transition. This Israel. could be your best episode. Thank you, my friend. How much of the contemporary art scene, call it the, the stuff that started back in the 60s, the, the Pollocks, the, you the know. Pollocks, the Dollies, yeah, uh -huh. and all. The Warhols, like how much of that, what percentage of the actual fine art that's here mm -hmm. sits in what would be called contemporary, would you say? Do you have a sense or not really? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a sense on how much a percentage, but the, the sense I do have, there are great fine galleries that come here that still have like some pieces of a Warhol, Basquiat's in their collection that they bring out to showcase and also sell. But a lot of people with those collections don't bring those to scope. You know, those are more Christian. He's got those locked up in his Moroccan. He looks like a know, guy with you know. like four walls. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think um, scope is for more of a lot of living artists. And when you think about more emerging, emerging artists, because when you think about that contemporary, a lot of those artists are dead. Yeah. So those works don't travel that much around. They're more for shows and not for like of buying. Course, of course. Of yep. Course. So, so you're saying it's it's actually like it's a show to show off stuff, but it's also like the ultimate card show where people just bring their stuff and sell it. Well, yeah, not not more just individual people, but more galleries and more like businesses show the art. Will you buy physical art? You think this week, Kalish, or are you you all set with physical art? No, I will. You will. Totally. I will. Totally. You, you know what's funny, like how far I've really? come to on this Always. journey is five years ago I came to Art Basel. I went to a bunch of like displays. One that I remember though specifically was Krista Kim, who's actually really transitioned into Web three strongly. Yes. Wow. And I knew nothing, nothing about anything, anything nice in art. art. And I'm like, that's a blue square. <laughs> right. It's a blue square. Yeah. That's a red square. Yeah. I just didn't get it at all. And then, you know, you spend more time, you just kind of like better feel, understand where this is coming from. Do you themselves to get it? I've always been fascinated by the human psyche. Uh -huh. Like for me, a lot of things still are just a red square and a blue square, but that just goes back down to like fashion or taste or the way we eat food. Like I find a lot of my friends force themselves to like artists that the market has decided are good yep. because they just want to fit in. I see it in wine. Oh, I like Opus One because other people say it's good, but you actually don't like it. Yep. I, the place that I'd like to see art get to more is us all feeling confident in our subjective opinion of like, I do like blue squares and red yeah. squares, so fuck it, I love you it. Know, Go ahead, please. The way, I, the way I look at it is that if you ask a person to judge something without having to purchase it. Yes. Because once you turn the person to purchases or they thinking about an investment, that's they right. look at the art, art. Yeah, that's But right. if you all say, let's all go to look at art, and we can have anything for free. Yeah. Then and you, you know, know nothing about anything, you know right? About you know who the artist is. You don't, you don't know, know what anything. he thinks or you would or, know more than us. And, we'd be and like, another thing, or race or color or creed or, right? or popularity. Or, and that because art is not being looked at yeah. as just art now. It's a completely subjective call. Yeah. Totally. I get it. Part, I also you, learned please. one other thing is everybody who says that's a blue square, their blue square sucks. <laughs> and Krista Kim's is mesmerizing and they can't explain why it's mesmerizing or beautiful. But is it because it's Krista? Like that, that's, that's where it's I get interested. Right? They're like, this is fucking Jackson Pollock. I'm like, okay. Okay. Like, yeah. like, There's something like, about it. You see it, it feels it's nice. It's something it about feels it in the public space. After you know. After you know, though. After you know. Because like, if it was there, Yeah, right because I'm very in tune with my feelings and I'm like, yo, I just wouldn't like Pollock style. Whereas Warhol style talks to me because I love pop culture. Talks to you, totally. it, and that's and I don't think one's better than the other. I just know what speaks to me. No different than I know that I love Uni. Dustin, do you love Uni? Sea urchin? Oh, Uni's the best. Have you ever had Uni? Sea urchin? Right. Like I, I love it, sushi all but the time. its texture fucks with people. A lot of people. Color like Herm's hair. Texture's weird. That's you know? but this is good texture. Thanks for it. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I think I get what you're saying, but I think it's the one thing that's. I don't. How do you? Let's talk about pea salad as a random pea yeah. friend. Like nobody looks at that pea salad that you drew. It was like, oh my god, this speaks to me. I love this. Yes. People buy it because you're behind it. Right. And to the point that I am making is, if I do things well for 30, 40 years, people are gonna be like, that was so fucking brilliant. It's a meme. That was so clever. And the artist and the market made you post game it. To your point, yeah. it's funny. The weirdest emails I've gotten about be friends are from people that actually love doodles. Mm. Yeah. The most interesting emails and DMs I've gotten about BeFriends by far are not my friends who are like, I get it, you're gonna make Marvel and Pokemon. It's not about the doodle. For, you know, this is lost. For me, it was about the doodle. I'm pretty proud of how I doodle. I get that my doodles are not like the most complex, penciled, seven out, but like most people can't just doodle freehand you know off what? top like that. Basquiat hand, oh, yeah. hands written drawings are some of the most uh-huh. prized pieces. A lot of our big artist drawings, just like works of art, but then it's works on paper. And doodles are And are for great. me, that's been the most interesting. There have been people that have emailed me, left field, they're like, hey, aware of this. Like, I'm not even in the camp of like, this is good, better, indifferent, or I don't even fucking care about NFTs. It's like, this is some good doodling. And those caught my attention because all the hype of the NFT space, it ate up what, like when I first started it, I was like, I can doodle. One, like off, off the top, top of the dome, like better than most people. Like I can take a look at a shark. I can just bang out a fucking doodle shark much better than like most people, people I met. Of course there's better doodlers, but I was fascinated by, and it was interesting to me how many people were like, I just like the way that do- uh, the parrot. The parrot's great. Right, like a lot of people are just like, I the fuck with that. The great. You know, and so shit like that. And like, by the way, there's a lot of people who think doodles are super basic and not art. And I respect yeah. the shit out of that. Yeah. The same way I don't think taking a paintbrush and fucking going like going this, like that's a, I don't like the way that looks. It looks too busy. I'm like, eh, it's, it's fucked up for me. But I understand that people pay $400 million for a piece. I would think you like busy. It's funny. To your point, something about the art side, no. Sound, yes. I need sound. Like right now, I'm pumped. Fucking loud as shit over there. Rain. I'm like fucking... <laughs> I'm good right now, but visually, I'll go more, I like simplicity a little bit more. Like I look at that wall, I'm like, yeah, whereas if this side was all like fucking the the Jackson Pollock, I'd be like, "Eh, it's too much, I don't know. Are the prices at our Basel, like are you paying a premium because you're buying it here versus like calling the gallery? Yeah. It all depends on where you're buying from, you know. And uh, another thing. So would you say generally yes or generally no? Her wants to rip someone off, can he do it? That's not what I'm saying. Oh, really? I'm it's saying, are there like deals here oh, or am totally, I like... It is totally deals. My it's, slang for are there deals here is I want to rip someone off. Yeah. Just this is coming from a guy that, that if he was not here and he wanted another full-time job, he would be in garage sales, hustling people out of their $18 old unicorns. I'm not hustling. I paid the price they asked. Okay, great. It's not, that's so true. Are, that's there, just, are the prices that people... Great, it's let me rephrase. Fair. That's fair. And the prices people ask lower today or is it jacked up against our No, it's, it's jacked up a it's little bit so up. people negotiate it so it hits the actual floor. It actual, you don't know what it is. And it hit the actual point. And I think it's art. You pay for what you feel. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's Got different it. art, you pay for what you feel. Got it. <laughs> Negotiation. All right, what else Brotherly love is the best. It's the, yeah, it's good. Let there be no confusion for everybody who's watching the show for the first time. I love this fan so much. <laughs> Free night I just still met. want him to fight me I like in the cage. <laughs> I, I'm pumped to do homework this holiday. Just get a hot cocoa, late night, four hours, just like 
dig in be like, where is everything? Like small brain, like I'm just, I'm excited. Like what, you know, just going into all the discords and like, what are the world of women up to? Like, where are you at? You know, like uh, alien friends. Like I just exciting to like get a sense again. Yeah, you just touch all the bases, like and, what's and same happening with, with cards. Robotos, same with what's cards. happening with this? What's yeah? Yeah, same same with cards. Uh, you know, like I'm really excited that they um, uh, just like to go in and like check eBay completed card ladder. Like I'm excited to buy some. Another couple quick comments. One is um the hot cocoa comment. Yep. Do you go um couple very quick questions? Do you go milk in there? Half or and half. water. Half milk, half water? No, half and half. Creamier than milk. Okay, next question is, do you you make it so hot where you have to hold it and like kind of blow on it for a while? Or do you go warm where it's drinkable right at the time, at the moment? Warm. Okay. And do you go big marshmallows or small marshmallows? Both. I'm agnostic. Excellent. Great, great question. Okay, cool. Um, uh, English, can you answer all those real quick? Coco? Yeah, Coco, do you go milk or water? Oh, milk for sure. I just do like milk in the like stovetop, then Hershey's chocolate syrup. That's it. Oh, that's interesting. And then oh, what about, and then, and then what about, what about super hot or warm? um warm and then what about yeah what about marshmallows big or small no you get the um the spray the aerosol spray um whatever whipped cream cream stuff yeah definitely 100 percent. it's like a perm you in holidays i mix i go small uh small marshmallows milk usually skim milk you know bad um always warm i hate burning my tongue or mouth very frustrating me um and the whipped cream is, I don't do that, but I would like to do that. I think I need to start doing that. I also have never added Hershey's uh, chocolate syrup, but I think I'm missing out. And um, yeah, I'm going to try all of this. Yeah, it's just what my yeah. mom did when I was growing up. I feel like whatever you got growing up, you're probably... Like, yeah, it was the move. There's a, a little bit of a hurdle there. And that's what it was. It would be like you dump a bunch of milk out into the... like um the saucepan it gets hot chocolate mix whipped cream bada boom you know that's the move yeah all right i'm going back to this I, this is the first episode in many episodes probably like five or six episodes where the excitement of both from both of you together is clear on collectibles like i feel yeah, like we talked I about think... gold we talked about pause you know about all that. because 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 i think like every market, you get to a bottom. Like I would say that me and Kalish probably are in agreement that there's only a 20 to 50% more to go bottom of where we are right now, not a 200%. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and so you start getting to an inflection point where you feel like you can do something and that's fun. Here's like philosophy. I'll give you my philosophy on this. And like, I know everybody has their own and you need to do your own life and like um so what i'm gonna say isn't gonna work for everyone but in a really shitty market to sell for us dollars is like the absolute worst to like 
sell collectible for U.S. dollars and hold the U.S. dollar is like a terrible, in my view, uh, uh, trade. However, when you're talking NFT and you're trading into ETH and you hold ETH, or you're like sell NFT and you're buying sports cards or you're selling like flesh and blood and you're buying MetaZoo or whatever, like when you're swapping into like a better or or like a more balanced portfolio of collectibles, I don't even think of it as like selling something that's down because you're like, it's almost like if you bought a house and sold a house, you know, at the same time you sell a house, buy a house, you're not taking like market risk on the housing market. You're just like, I sold in that market and I bought in that same market. So my rule of thumb was like, I'm not selling for cash. I'm selling for ETH. I'm selling for other collectibles. And so like uh, that being said, like there's a huge benefit in selling things that are down on taxes. So like very, very much think like optimal is sell all of your stuff that's getting you like tax savings and then rotate it immediately into at least ETH, if not another question. That's my framework.